0: Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night, United. We are uh, excited about what the Lord's going to show us tonight. We're excited about uh, what God's doing in our churches, uh, both in the uh, Little Rock campus and here in the Kansas campus. Uh, It's important for us to realize in both places, in both locations, that uh, we need them and they need us. Uh, If we're going to do everything God's asked us to do as a church, as a fellowship, uh, we need everybody that's involved. And uh, we're excited about that and the synergy and the unity and the bond of unity that exists. And uh, God's going to continue to use that to manifest his goodness in our midst. And uh, we want to continue tonight. With this subject that we've been on uh, over the the last couple of services, we ministered uh, last Wednesday on it, uh, or excuse me, last Sunday night on it, and uh, last Wednesday in the Little Rock campus, and we're going to continue to, well, we ministered last Wednesday here as well on that, but this ministering and receiving healing, ministering and receiving healing, and there is a couple of reasons that we're uh, dealing with this, and uh, perhaps the, uh, one of the first and foremost is that uh, the Lord spoke to me, and He said to me, He said that healing anointing uh, on your life uh, is part of your supply that you bring to the body of Christ, that you bring to these churches. And uh, so we uh, and 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 he he told me at that point uh, that I wasn't doing as much with it as I could, and so we want to press into that. Secondly, it's this: the series is ministering and receiving healing, because there's not just a receiving in; there's a ministering in. But right on the other hand, there's not just a ministering in. There's a receiving end. So healing can be ministered, but it must be received. All right. And quite obviously it cannot be received if it's not ministered. And uh, we left off uh, in the last uh, message in this series talking about the different types and shadows in in the scriptures. And... uh, Ultimately, these will show us divine healing. Let's go over to the book of Leviticus chapter 1. Another type and shadow in the Old Testament was the burnt offering. Uh, In this offering, the righteousness of the lamb was transferred to the individual that brought the lamb. Uh, Leviticus chapter 1, verse 2, And the Lord said to Moses, He said, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say, unto them that they, and, and, uh, and say unto them, if any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the cattle, even the herd and of the flock. And as if, if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it in his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the, the head of the burnt offering, And it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. It shall be accepted to make atonement for him. So in the burnt offering, the whole animal was offered to God on the altar as a sweet smelling aroma to God. All right. The Bible says that Jesus offered himself to the father. All right. So he offered his entire self to God on the altar as a sweet smelling aroma to God. And what happened in this instance is that the righteousness of the lamb was transferred to the man that brought the offering. The righteousness of the lamb was transferred to the man that brought the offering. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, it says that again in different areas in the book of John, John looked and saw Jesus coming, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus Christ, the Bible calls Him Jesus Christ, the righteous, all right? The righteousness of the Lamb was transferred to the man who brought the offering. In Ephesians 5 and verse 2, uh, the Apostle Paul references this in speaking about Jesus. He says concerning his sacrifice that we are to walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. For a sweet smelling savor. Now, why is this important? Because the righteousness of the lamb was transferred to the man who brought the offering. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty one says this: It says, "If any man, if uh, it starts in verse seventeen, if any man be in Christ, let him be a new creature. Old things are passed away; all things have become new." Verse 18 says, and all things are of God. And then verse 21 talks about this. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, it says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Even in the natural, when this man brought this lamb to the high priest for a sacrifice, the lamb had done nothing wrong. The lamb was, in effect, righteous. The lamb was, in effect, right in his conduct. All right? The sin of the man was transferred to the lamb, and the righteousness of the lamb was transferred to the man. And the Bible says here in Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 that God made Jesus to be sin. So that we could be made righteous. While well, that may seem elementary and simplistic in its in its statement. There, was, there is such a vast. Et- this, this has eternal ramifications. When you came to Christ. It was you that was not in right standing with God. It was you that was born in sin. Shapen in iniquity. It was you that needed a Redeemer. And when you made the decision to give your life to Christ, Jesus appeared with you in the heavenly places at the throne of God the Father as the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And in that moment when you put faith in the Lamb of God, the righteousness of the Lamb was transferred to you and the sin that you had carried was lifted off of you because of His sacrifice And you became righteous because he had become sin with your sin. The righteousness of the lamb was transferred to the man. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9, Paul made this statement. He said, I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but the righteousness which is by faith in Christ. So he says, There is a righteousness that I can have, which comes by fulfilling the law or keeping the law perfectly. He said, But that's not the righteousness that I want to be found with. I want to be found with the transferred righteousness, the righteousness that comes by being a new creature in Christ Jesus. So another type and shadow of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament is the burnt offering. Another type and shadow was the Passover lamb in Exodus chapter 12 and uh, verse 3. Now, I know I'm kind of machine gunning these scriptures to you, but we've got a lot of ground to cover. Ephesians chapter 12 and verse 3. He says, speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the 10th day of this month, you shall take; they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And verse 7, speaking of the, the blood of the lamb, they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Verse 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague will not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. All right. First Corinthians chapter five and verse seven. The Apostle Paul says that Christ is our Passover lamb. Christ is our Passover. All right. The blood of Christ. If you look at that verse in 1 Corinthians five, seven. This, this verse is quoted often where faith is concerned. But the Apostle Paul said, Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed or slain for us. All right. Christ our Passover is slain for us. Why is this so important? Because they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the destroyer had to pass over where that blood was. The blood of Jesus has been applied to our lives And because of that, destruction cannot come near me. And here's what this ultimately means. The destruction of sin, the destruction of eternity separated from God, the destroying of my eternal life cannot occur because the blood of my Passover is on my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another type and shadow was the kinsman redeemer. The kinsman redeemer. If you look in the book of Exodus, or excuse me, Leviticus 25, and this is is so beautiful to me. Uh, When I read this for the very first time, it just, uh, it was something that, if I could say it this way, it just, it was so beautiful because it's such a beautiful type and shadow. In verse 47, it says, And if a sojourner or a stranger wax rich by thee, and your brother that dwelleth by him wax poor, and he sells himself unto the stranger or sojourner by thee, or to the stock of the stranger's family. Watch this. After he is sold, he may be redeemed again. The Bible says that we were all sold under sin. Now, we know these things, but understand this. This, this is important where, where our healing's concerned because we're going to get into that. We were all sold under sin, and when we were sold under sin, we were made subject to the things that the fall and that sin produced. So he says here, if there's a rich man that comes in, and he waxes rich, and your brother is poor... And he sells himself into slavery to this man. Notice notice this this wonderful statement. He may be redeemed again. But notice this. One of his brethren may redeem him. One of his brethren may redeem him. Hallelujah. After that he is sold, he may be redeemed again. One of his brethren may redeem him, either his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him, or any that is nigh of kin unto him of his family may redeem him, or if he be able, he may redeem himself. All right, well, we weren't able to redeem ourselves, and the Bible says his brother may redeem him. Glory be to God. Jesus became our brother. Jesus had to become flesh, to die in the flesh, to overcome sin, yes, but so that he could become a human being and become our brother. Why? Because he had to redeem us. And the only one that could redeem the one that was sold into slavery, sold into sin, was the near kinsman, the one that was near of kin. Jesus became our near kinsman. And that's why even to this day, the Bible says we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But here's, here's, here's a, a paraphrase. But he became our brother, amen, and was tempted in all points like as are we, yet without sin. Jesus had a right to redeem us because he became one of us. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. In, 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 in Colossians 2, we see this in the New Testament. And, and I know that normally we would talk about uh, uh, the kinsman redeemer in Ruth. And, and Boaz redeeming uh, Naomi and her family. Well, that was a picture of Christ. Christ Boaz was a type and a, and a picture and a shadow of Christ. Redeeming. Uh, uh, redeeming those that had went into the land of the Gentiles and went into the land of sin and then came back and was in a need of redemption. All of us were born into this land and born into this earth and we went into the land of sin and we went into the land of the spiritually dead and Jesus had to come and redeem us. Hallelujah. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says that Jesus blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. Well, what does this mean Jesus did? He came and He, as the kinsman redeemer, as our brother... Jesus went to the cross as our brother. And as our elder brother, he took those handwriting of ordinances, everything that every record that could be that was, that was holding things against us, our elder brother went to the cross and redeemed us from it and erased it all. Glory be to God. Of course, Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Having been made a curse for us. Hallelujah. Having been made a curse for us. Our brother became a curse for us. Our brother took the curse on himself. Our brother took the weight of the curse upon himself. And bore it to the cross. And redeemed you and I. Glory be to God. So him being our near kinsman. Redeemed us, purchased us. See, this is important. That's why, that's why uh, uh, Paul said, hey, when you got born again, your life is not your own. It's been purchased with a price. That's why he said that we were to glorify God in our bodies and in our spirits, which belong to God. Well, our spirit belongs to God because he gave it to us. And our, body, and, and our bodies and our spirits belong to God because Jesus purchased them. He purchased them at a price. Amen. And when you realize these facts and you see these, these types and shadows and you realize what Jesus did, it makes living for God much easier than some people make it out to be because my Jesus became my brother and redeemed me glory to God some of these types of Jesus in the old testament show us divine healing Psalm 105 Psalm 105 Oh glory Psalm 105 and verse 37, talking about natural Israel. And he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell on them. Notice, he spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. In other words, he spread a cloud for a covering and he spread fire to give light in the night. The people asked and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. Hallelujah. He opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. Hallelujah. Egypt is a type of the world. Egypt is a type of the bondage of the world. Egypt is a type of the place of sickness in the world. Egypt is a type of bondage. The Red Sea is a type of being baptized into Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 2 tells us this. It says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 2. And they were all, verse one, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all did eat the same spiritual meat, and all drank the same spiritual drink. All of them. The Red Sea is a type of being baptized into Christ. And there's a further revelation that we see here. It says that all of these people partook of that. And it says it uses the phrase it uses the word all 5 times. What does that mean? All of these things were by grace. All of these things are because God was willing to do this. God was willing to deliver them. God was willing to sustain them. God was willing to heal them. God was willing to feed them and bring them water out of a rock that followed them around. And the Bible says that rock was Christ Jesus. What does this tell us? That God is always more willing to give than we're willing to receive. God is always more willing to bless people than most people are willing. Willing to receive those blessings. And he said here. They came through the Red Sea. They were all baptized. The Red Sea is a type of being baptized into Christ. The cloud is a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The people coming out healed and prosperous is what? A type of redemption. And notice how they came out. Healed and prosperous. When did that occur? When they left Egypt. When did they leave Egypt? After Passover. After the Lamb's blood was put on the door. When you had the blood of Jesus put on your heart's door, you were released from the bondage of the world. You were released from the bondage of sin. And what we see in Scripture is that now God wants you to live this life healed and prosperous. Glory be to God, healed and prosperous. They ate the Passover lamb, and they were healed. Hallelujah! Think about that. The brass serpent on the pole was a type of Jesus. We talked about this some uh, the other week, but Numbers twenty-one. We didn't. We didn't go to the scripture. Numbers twenty-one. And uh, verse 7, now remember that the people had disobeyed God. They were complaining, they were murmuring, they were in the wilderness. And they murmured and complained against Moses and against God. And verse 6 says, the Lord sent or the Lord allowed fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Well, the the serpent is always, obviously, a symbol of the curse. And these are God's people. These, These are people that God wants to redeem. These are people that God wants to bring out of bondage. And notice what's happening to them. Because of their choices, because of their decisions, serpents, the curse is destroying them. All right? Many, many, many people that you know and I know that the curse is biting them and they're dying. Their, their, their lives are not what they should be. And it says the people came and said to Moses, we've sinned for we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he would take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole And it shall come to pass that everyone that's bitten, when they look upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it up on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. He lived. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the uninhabited places, or in the wilderness, just as Moses lifted up the serpent. And whoever looked at that serpent lived. he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent. The serpent was a symbol of the curse. The death that had come upon man. It was made of brass representing judgment that came upon man because of sin. And in the Old Testament, we just read it, the Israelites looked at the serpent and received healing. They were basically looking forward to what Christ was going to do on the cross. When they looked at that serpent and looked up and and saw that serpent lifted up, they were basically looking at what Christ was. Was going to do on the cross he was going to defeat the curse it's it's the serpent represented judgment it represented the curse but notice what they were being freed from when they did what God told Moses to do they were being set free from the effects of the curse the effects of their sin in their body they were being delivered from that at that moment they basically received on credit Every person in the Old Testament was healed on credit. That's the goodness and the long-suffering and the mercy of God. Every person was healed on credit. They looked and they were healed. Amen. Jesus said, whoever believes in Him, in what He did, in His finished work, would receive life. When we look at the cross, we see the whole of redemption. We see all of redemption. We see freedom from sin. We see freedom from sickness. We see freedom from the curse when we look at the cross. If they could look at the type and receive healing, how much more can we receive healing by looking at the fulfillment of the type? They could look at at the shadow. How much more can we receive by living in the light? There's another reason, this is another reason we know it's God's will to heal. Because of the types that we see in the Old Testament. That's why we know it's God's will to heal. In uh, Deuteronomy 7 and 15, it says, And the Lord will take away from you all sickness." And will allow none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you know upon you, but will lay them or allow them upon them that hate you. Hallelujah. Exodus 15, 26. It says, the Lord speaking to the people of Israel. And if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, And do what's right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon you that I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that heals you. So God said in the Old Testament that he would take away from our midst all sickness. And then God called himself the God that heals you in the Old Testament. In Exodus 23 and 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness from the midst of you. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. If sickness is taken away from the midst. This is how it's possible to die without being sick. It's taken away from our midst. And the number of your days you will fulfill. Now notice this is in the Old Testament. This is this is under the shadow. This is under the type. These people were living under the type under the shadow. Amen. It's like Brother Hagin told the lady he went to pray for her and she had cancer and she was an older lady and she told him she said Brother Hagin I. I just, I'm, I'm tired. I just want to go home. And he said, no, 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 sister. He said, he said uh, let's get you healed first. And then once you're healed, if you want to go on home, go on. But go home healed. Amen. We have to change our mindset to, un- to understand I don't have to be sick to go home. I don't have to be ill to die, to leave this earth. All right. The number of your days You will fulfill the number of your days, you will fulfill. Psalm 103. And uh, it says in 103, verse 2 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction, crowneth you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Glory. Psalm 107.20 says, He sent His word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. So He heals all of our diseases. Notice, He heals all of our diseases. These are Old Testament prophecies. These are Old Testament promises. The word here is referring to the word that came by the prophets in the Old Testament. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Now, why is this important? Because that was the word under the type. And he sent his word and healed them. In the New Testament, the word became flesh. John 1, 14. The word became flesh and healed us. As New Testament saints, we've got to understand this. These types are important because for the Old Testament saints, healing was a part of their covenant. It was a part of their right. God put it in their covenant standing. As New Testament believers, we have a better covenant established on better promises. The Old Testament saints were looking forward to the fulfillment of the promises. We are walking in the fulfillment of the promise. That's what the book of Hebrews chapter 11 says. It says that we have a better covenant based upon better promises. They they could be healed in the shadow. We're walking in the fulfillment. It's a better covenant covenant oh glory the Old Testament men and women obtained a good report through their faith they were healed and prosperous but they never received the promise in in the book of Hebrews 11 it tells us this Uh, verse 39 and these all now these all who well we could say the Old Testament saints But these all, he lists the Hebrews Hall of Fame, of faith. Now, notice the people that are in this chapter. Uh, Noah. Enoch. Abraham. Sarah. Isaac. Jacob. Moses. Joshua. Gideon. Samson people that if you grew up in church people you grew up hearing about heroes great people of faith and notice they all died in faith not having received the promise not having received the promise God having provided now watch this 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 is important this is so important. Having provided, the Bible says in the book of Exodus, where we started, that every head of household would provide a lamb for that house. God, having provided something better, something better for us. That they without us should not be made perfect. God provided a better way. God provided the true. God provided the reality. God provide instead of a type and a shadow, we're walking in the real truth that God provided. Hallelujah. And notice something. They were walking... And looking forward to the fulfillment of the promises. We're walking in the fulfillment. The Old Testament men and women obtained a good report through their faith. They were healed and prosperous. Notice this now. But they never received the promise. Why am I consistently going back to that? Through their faith in the Redeemer that was coming. They walked healed and prosperous on credit. On credit. They never saw him. Amen. They never saw the Redeemer. But they took it by faith. And God honored their faith, and they were healed and prosperous. When, when, when the devil attacked Job, and Job made this statement, and he made, and he made this statement he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives and I know that in the last day, I know that in the last day when, when my bones are in the dirt, amen, I will see him and I'll live again. That's why, that's why Job is a story of faith. He put his faith in a Redeemer and he received by credit. Glory be to God. But they never received the promise. God provided something better for us. What was that something better? Jesus. And the Old Testament saints are brought to completion alongside us. Notice what it says. It says without us they should not be made perfect. Without us They should not be made perfect. They should not be brought to completion. Without us. In other words. Their faith. Would never be brought to completion. Without you and I. Hallelujah. In John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And verse 56. Notice. (laughs) Ha ha. Jesus talking to the people of his day. Said your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it. And was glad. Your father Abraham. Rejoiced. To see my day. And he saw it. And was glad. Well when did he see his day? Genesis chapter 22. And. Uh. Verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. On Mount Moriah, God gave Abraham a revelation of the Messiah to come who would be a substitute. Abraham believed that the ram in the thicket was the type. Of the one who was to come. He saw the day of the substitute at that moment. And Jesus said he rejoiced. And he was glad. We have the fulfillment of all the types. The fulfillment is better than the type. This is what's so important. Jesus said. In John six thirty two, I am the true bread. Alright talking about the manna. That came down. In the wilderness for the people of Israel. And Jesus said they ate bread in the wilderness. I'm the true bread. I am the bread that came from heaven. In other words I'm your nourishment. I'm what's going to sustain you. That was a type. That was a shadow. That was a picture of what's coming. Amen. In John 1 9 he said I am the true light. All right. In other words, here's, here's the important thing. In other words, they walked in some light. The, the, the Old Testament saints walked in the light of what they knew. Jesus said, but I'm here in your midst, and I'm the true light. I am the light of the world. Glory to God. In John 15:1, he said, I am the true vine. I'm the true vine. See? All throughout Jesus' ministry. He said, I'm the the true. I'm the real. I'm the fulfillment. The fulfillment's better than the type. The true is the fulfillment of the type in the Old Testament. In uh, Luke 24... Luke chapter 24. When Jesus was, verse 27 first, and then we'll go to verse 44, Jesus is talking with the two men as they walked on the road to Emmaus. And it says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning, themse- concerning himself. Verse 44. And he, he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. The whole Old Testament pointed towards Jesus. From from Genesis chapter 3. Throughout the entire Old Testament. It pointed towards Jesus. That's why we see so many types and shadows of him. The Passover lamb. The kinsman redeemer. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 Over and over again. We see these. The burnt offering. Over and over again. They're pointing us towards Jesus we need to see Jesus in the scriptures all right Oral Roberts uh, ministered a powerful message uh, back in the 50s entitled the fourth man and he showed Jesus in every book of the Bible all right It, it was so powerful because it showed what Jesus was type and shadow wise in the Old Testament being a picture of what he is today we need to see Jesus in the Old Testament and we need to see him as our healer. We need to see him as our healer. Not as someone who can heal. I was teaching in healing school yesterday, after, yesterday morning and I made this statement. And it's elementary to many, but it's vital. When you talk about healing to people, to many believers, even non-believers, it will never come up as an issue of can God heal? You understand? Can God heal? Well, God can do anything. But many will follow it with this, well God can if it's his will. So what's what's the question? His willingness, His willingness to heal. Not a question of ability for most people. It's a question of His willingness. Hallelujah. Well, all through the scriptures in the Old Testament, you see God saying, I'm the Lord that heals you. I'll take sickness and disease from your midst. I'll bless your bread and your water. I'll take sickness from the midst of you. And the numbers of your, number of your days you will fulfill. All throughout, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are really, really ministry under the Old Testament. Jesus was the last of the Old Testament prophets. They're in our, our, our canon of books. They're in our New Testament canon of books. But Jesus' ministry was not under the New, the new Covenant. It was under the Old Covenant. This is important because of types and shadows. And what we see and what we see presented to us throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is what? Here's what we see presented to us. Every person that came to Jesus that we see that he ministered to personally on a one-on-one basis, every person he healed them. There are times we know where multitudes were healed. He healed them all. But what does that show us more than anything? That He had the power to heal? That He was great in, in healing strength and healing power? It shows us His willingness. It shows us His willingness. If God, under the old covenant, under the type, and under the shadow, was willing to say... I will remove sickness from your midst and the number of your days you will fulfill. And he said in Malachi chapter 3, I am God, I change not. He said in Hebrews 13 13 and 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God was that willing under the old covenant, under the type and the shadow, how much more is he willing under the fulfillment? I can tell you much more. Much more, because there was a much higher price paid to ratify and put in force the new covenant that you and I walk under. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I need to see Jesus in the scripture, and I need to see him as my healer. I need to see him as my healer. I need to see him as my physician. I need to see Him as my answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we don't have to take it on credit. The bill is paid for you and I. There's no, there's no further price to be paid. It belongs to us now. Because it's been paid for. And if I can teach for just a moment on the, along that line. That's why why what has to come up in your spirit and in your heart when you're dealing with sickness and disease is, wait a minute, this has already been paid for. And the devil's trying to charge me twice. And the bill's been paid. Hallelujah. And that's why we got to take 1 Peter 2, 24. And say, no you don't Satan, you're not going to charge me twice. That's been paid for. That's been paid for. When I begin to see Jesus in the scriptures, I need to see him as my healer. One man said it this way, he said, there are multitudes of believers that know Jesus as Lord and Savior. There are more that others that know him as Lord and Savior and baptizer in the Holy Ghost. But we need to know him as Lord and Savior and healer. Because I'll wrap it up with this the whole package was purchased as salvation. In that package of redemption was our salvation from sin our salvation from eternal destruction. But also remember, I was not only saved from sin, I was saved from sickness. I was saved from disease. I was saved from uh, destruction. All of those things. When the price was paid. So every type, every shadow that I see in the Old Testament that points towards Jesus and prophesies of what would happen when the promise comes, I'm living in the fulfillment of that prophecy. You're living in the fulfillment of that prophecy. So take your stand against sickness Take your stand against disease. Don't don't put up with any little bit of it. I I just feel led of the Lord to ask this question. How how much sickness is okay? Right? Well, you know, that's just allergies. I can deal with them. Well, I, I realize that you can, but you don't have to. Amen. Now, now, don't get off track with me here. All right, I'm not saying if you're dealing with allergies or a cold or something, you're doing something wrong. Here's what I'm saying: is I, the price has been paid for me to be free from all of it. Amen. We see something in our world today, and here's what we see: I am, uh, Lord, help me say this right. Because I I, I I I I want to be careful with this. Because uh, well, let me say it this way: Never put more trust in a natural remedy than you do in the price that was paid for your healing. Don't do that. Don't put more trust. Let let me say this. A drug should not be able to relieve your concern better than the price that was paid for you at Calvary. I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in me. And it says in Romans that it will quicken my mortal body. Isn't that important? Because the greatest display of God's power was when he raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says that very same spirit lives in me. Hallelujah. The world needs to hear this. Your family members need to hear this, that He is a healing Jesus, and He will heal your body, and He will set you free from what may try to ail you, and and plagues that may try to come upon you. Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak over every person that's watching, I speak over every person in this sanctuary. And Lord, I just declare over them right now that the healing power of God is manifesting in their bodies. And it is affecting a cure in the name of Jesus. It is driving sickness and disease out of their body. They are being made completely whole by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we look to you as our healer. Father, we receive the price that Jesus paid as our healer and we walk in that healing reality in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.